0: welcome to the sky U podcast by the daily gopher i'm chris go away fur with me this week is andy gopher guy 05 i'm not solo tonight yay <laughs> yeah it's summertime and uh we'll get to some just banter about how we're spending the summer a little later in the podcast but uh it's good to be back andy uh joining you for uh a new pod
1: yeah you know it's uh it's uh you know we, we try and put them out a little bit obviously we don't have the uh, the typical level of gopher content in the summer that we do during the seasons but
0: it, it is a bit slower right now
1: <laughs> we, we, we just don't want uh, you our, our beautiful listeners to forget about us so we'll try and put something out at least a little bit every once in a while here in the summer before we uh, really start ramping things up when we get to uh, the start of football fall camp
0: oh football i am so ready for you football Uh, Which I suppose is actually a wonderful transition because agenda item number one is football recruiting. Um, It's summer, which is usually about the time the Gophers sort of uh, heat up the uh, recruiting news a little bit. And in the last week, we've had uh, three verbal commitments uh, to Coach Fleck and the Gophers. Um, Correct me if I'm getting any of this wrong, Andy, because I am... Not the plugged-in recruiter uh, here, but uh, Spencer Alvarez, tight end uh, from here in Minnesota. Zach Evans, a running back from Texas? And literally like 10 minutes ago, (laughs) 20 minutes ago, something like that, Ike White, great name, uh, wide receiver from don't-remember-where, have all verbaled uh, to the Gophers. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, uh, no, we'll give a little bit on each. Ike White, uh, we'll start with him, the, the newest gopher recruit from Baltimore, actually. Uh, so we lose a wide receiver to Baltimore. We get a wide receiver from Baltimore, um, you know, as Rashad Bateman will play for the Ravens.
0: Um, Excited for that, too, actually. Yeah,
1: no, so uh, I, Ike White is uh, seems to be another really sort of uh, athletic receiver. Um, isn't going to be necessarily your your big guy. Uh, your six two, six three guy, but he's going to be more of that sort of uh, 5'11", you know, shifty burner, can play in the slot, but can also play a little bit outside. Um, and, yeah, he's, he's a three-star, but, uh, again, when you look at the offer list, uh, Tennessee, Maryland, Indiana, Cincinnati, Virginia Tech, Pittsburgh, um, you know, not too bad. So Some schools that we definitely would like to be uh, compared with uh, when it comes to. So, yeah. Um, you know, White was here last weekend for the Gophers' first big summer smash event or whatever they were calling it um, with several of the other players, uh, you know, several of the commits we'd already had before. Um, you know, White was a top, named a top performer at the Baltimore Under Armour Under- All-American Camp. Um, you know, he's, uh, he, he, like I said, he, he's, he's built like a slot receiver, but he might be able to get it done at the outside as long as he can get off the line. So... And when Um, in
0: doubt, you know, a wide receiver is not somebody that you have too many uh, concerns about when it comes to Fleck and Company.
1: No, no. I mean, the the Gophers do a pretty good job uh, recruiting wide receivers. So uh, apparently Matt Simon really liked uh, what he saw when he was working out for him. So uh, the Gophers are are pretty happy to have uh, Ike White in the boat. Um, you know, next in line, the most, second most recent recruit, that would be uh, Zach Evans. He's uh, a running back from Texas. Um, you know, again, he's, a, he's, he's only 5'9", 200, so he's a, he's a smaller back, but people have c- compared him pretty, uh, you know, pretty consistently to, uh, to a Rodney Smith type. Um, you know, he's, he's more of a downhill guy, but he can bounce into the outside. He has really good vision. Um, you know, he reads blocks well and, and can can find the holes that are available for him. And again, uh, you know, you look at the offer list. Um, Arizona State, although, you know, with Arizona State recruits, maybe that's not such a good thing right now, <laughs> uh, given the recent news. Cheating. Um, Utah, uh, Notre Dame, uh, Texas, although who knows if that offer was still committable. But um, ironically two days before he came up for his official visit to Minnesota, uh, Zach Evans was given an Iowa offer. <laughs> Whether that was to try and, and, and you know, to just persuade him or whatever, but uh, it did not work. Uh, Evans committed on his visit here last last Friday, and and uh, looks like he'll be the, the next in line to, uh, to try and see where he fits in that gopher backfield. Um, you know, I think, one would say that we probably still have uh, some some open questions after uh, Mo Ibrahim graduates uh, this season or moves on to the NFL. Uh, you know, there isn't uh, there isn't an obvious successor for him. So um, you know, we'll uh, we'll take all comers for that for that position to take over that job here in a year or two for sure. Uh, and then rounding out the third recruit uh, that Minnesota got, um, and this one uh, made some people scratch their heads, but again, uh, this, this one goes definitely down as a, as a trust-the-coaching-staff trust one, but uh, the Gophers got uh, Spencer Alvarez, tight end from Columbia Heights, Minnesota. Uh, for anybody who's not familiar with the Metro, it's basically an inner-ring suburb of Minneapolis. Um, and Alvarez doesn't really have high recruiting levels uh mainly because he tore his a c l uh during his uh junior season last year, so he only played three games, i think before doing that uh but from from you know reading it sounds like the gophers believe that he probably would have been uh you know the top tight end in the state of Minnesota had he been able to be healthy, and they're looking forward to him getting back into that form this fall for his senior year um you know. Alvarez is definitely that big body tight end that we've seen the Gophers start to, to get lately. 6'7", 245 at the moment. Um, so compare him with the Brevin forwards, compare him with the Jake Paulson type. Um, and, and Alvarez... Apparently has the frame to add more more bulk onto it, especially gets into a college strength program. So some people even said, you know, depending upon how how well he takes that weight, he might slide in from from a tight end spot to actually end up maybe being sort of a sort of a tackle prospect. Um, but uh, you know, he, he definitely is, is unknown. Um, Minnesota was his only Division One offer. In fact, his only other offer prior to the Gophers offering and him accepting immediately was from Mankato State. So, um, you know, uh, I think the, 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 the Gopher coaching staff thinks that they might have gotten an under-the-radar steal here. Um, they've done reasonably well picking up players that have been, been injured who have, have come back from those injuries um, and, and played well to, at a collegiate level. Um, so we'll just have to, to wait and see. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think um, whenever you can get a good good potential in-state prospect, it's, 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 a, it's a good day.
0: You know, it's, it's got to be really interesting uh, to be a, a player like Spencer in this, you know, last recruiting year with everything, you know, that you would normally have done on-site for camps not happening. Um, with, you know, basically if you got hurt, film is the only thing the staffs really had to work off of. There really wasn't any opportunity for in-person evaluation at all over the last, well, now I guess it would be 15, 16 months pretty much. And so, you know, up until just this summer. So um, if you're a guy like Spencer and you really don't have any film because you barely played before you got hurt, I have to imagine that was a tough process for him just because, if you're, you know, not local, what else does any program really have to go on? So that'll be interesting to see if he has a good year, what'll, what'll happen for, for his offers or if, you know, it's tight end, maybe people have already got who they want and he'll just, uh, slot into being a Minnesota with no other offer and we'll just see how that goes.
1: Yeah. You know, and I think that's, that, I mean, it's definitely something you're seeing a lot. I mean, June, Generally, is the start of the summer recruiting period, and especially what we've seen lately with PJ Flack, it gets hot and heavy. We're not seeing quite the the fast takeoff that we've been having. Mainly, I think, because of those things, is you know a lot of players had unusual seasons last year with with COVID people have not been been able to have been evaluated in person. And we know how much that that Minnesota trusts their in-person evaluations. You know, they're finally being able to get out to camps, they're trying to be able to get people on campus, things like that, but I think that's definitely hurt their their evaluation game so far coming into the summer. So, um you know it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that all breaks down. I know they're they're hoping to get uh, some other kids here over the next week. Um, Lucas Hire, who's the number one re- uh, recruit in the state of Minnesota from Hill Murray, is a, is a tackle. Apparently, they're hoping to get him in uh, for an official visit midweek next week. Um, you know it'll be interesting to see how well they do with that one. He's he's giving off the typical uh, I don't really want to stay home vibes. He's he's looking. Um, you know he's. he's He's pulling the, you know, the I, I want to look at more of the academic powerhouses, so Stanford is high on his list, things like that right now, um, which, I mean, if you're going to get a Stanford education, can you really blame the kid? Probably not, no. Um, another one of the top in-state uh, offensive linemen, uh, Dalen Hastert, was up for the his official visit weekend last weekend. It sounds like it's down to a three-way battle between Minnesota, Iowa, and Iowa State for... Uh, for his services. Um, he's from Marshalls, So of course the Gophers have another offensive lineman right now, uh, Blaise Andrews, who I'm sure is working him hard behind the scenes, trying to convince him that, that the Gophers are where he wants to end up. So, uh, you know, there's still lots of things I think they're going to break over here over the next two, three, four weeks, and there'll be, uh, you know, something to keep us a little bit busy this summer paying attention to, but, uh, yeah, I mean, arguably this will probably be the, the weirdest re- recruiting cycle, not only because with everybody taking their COVID year, you know, Minnesota, you no know, somehow, some way, is always found close to taking the full 25 guys every class. That's not going to happen this year. Minnesota probably is going to only have a 16, 17 recruit class this year. So uh, how that's all going to come together, we'll find out over the next uh, next few weeks, but it's, uh, it's going to be a little different.
0: Well, obviously we're we're at the point where um, seasons are done, uh, which means it's golden gold time. I uh, don't think we really just want to like rattle off a whole bunch of names in a row here, but uh, Big Ten Medal of Honor winners I think would be interesting to call out. And Andy, I think you've got the information on all that.
1: Yeah, you know the Big Ten Medal of Honor winners, uh, one female athlete and one male athlete at each school are given the given the award. It's basically the biggest. Uh, honor that the Big Ten gives uh, every year, and uh, they announced the, the Minnesota recipients earlier this evening, um, and it was uh, Sarah Bacon, uh, the the women's diver, two-time NCAA champion, who, uh, as we'll talk about in a little bit, unfortunately failed in her quest to uh, qualify for the U.S. Olympic team last weekend, um, and then the male award winner was uh, Jack LaFontaine, uh, the uh, Mike Richter Award winner as the best college goalie in the country last season for the Gophers, who's luckily for the Gophers decided to come back for a super senior year this year, and will be back stopping uh, the pride on ice. But uh, you know, it, it's it's uh, those like I said, it's the it's the biggest the biggest honor that uh, you know can be given to uh, to schools athletes. Um, you know, it's uh, it it's it's you know, pretty impressive to uh, see what exactly Bacon and LaFontaine have done in their seasons. I mean, obviously, if you followed the blog, you, you know what Jack LaFontaine meant for the Gopher Hockey team. Sarah Bacon, as we said, two-time NCAA champion, uh, goes down as arguably the most decorated female athlete in, individual athlete in Gopher history. Uh, no no other athlete has ever won four NCAA championships uh, during her time at the U. So, um well-deserved for for both and uh like i said we're, we're lucky that uh normally normally when you get the big 10 medal of honor it means you've moved on to uh to other things and, and we get one more year of jack lafontaine coming up here this fall
0: yeah hats off to both jack and, and and sarah i will say that's probably um one of the things that i'm uh most bummed about coming into uh the olympics is that uh she won't have the opportunity to compete um uh, right now, honestly, we're so it's it's uh, Gable Stevenson in wrestling, and that's it right now for the for the Gophers. Correct? There's still some swimming out there um, for potential uh, Gopher Olympians, but. Uh, outside of that, no one else has, has made their Olympic dreams come true. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, and, and we're really getting into the, the heat of things with the rest of the Olympic trials. But, yeah, so far, other than Gable Steveson, uh Minnesota does not have any obvious representatives in the Olympic Games. Um, Sarah Bacon arguably had the had the best chance. Her and her partner Cassidy Cook were uh, one of the top couple teams in the three-meter synchronized diving event, and, then, and Bacon uh, has had success in the individual three-meter event. Uh, unfortunately, they just muffed a couple of dives when they needed not to, and uh, that was all it took. Uh, Bacon and Cook finished second in the three meter synchro. Unfortunately, only the top teams going to Tokyo. And then in the individuals, Bacon ended up finishing third, but unfortunately, only the top two are going to Tokyo. So, so Sarah Bacon, uh, close, but no cigar, unfortunately, and uh, she will not be making it on the U.S. diving team. Uh, the U.S. swimming trials are going on this week as we speak in Omaha. Uh, the Gophers have made a couple of finals. Uh, Gopher senior Max McHugh, uh, the NCAA champion in the 100- and 200-meter breaststrokes last spring. Uh, he made the 100-meter breaststroke final, ended up finishing seventh Monday night. Uh, he competed in the 200 earlier today and didn't didn't make tomorrow night's final. Uh, but the Gophers do have a representative, uh, alum Bo Becker, uh, Becker, who won uh, NCAA championships in the uh in the 50-100 and 100 freestyle uh, back in, I believe, 2016, uh, qualified for the 100-meter freestyle final Thursday night. So you'll be able to watch him uh, compete live on NBC in the final. Uh, he comes in with the six-seeded time, I think only the top two, maybe the top three, uh, make it onto the U.S. team. So he's definitely got an uphill climb to try and earn his spot, but uh, at least he'll have, he'll have one more shot. Um, and then starting this weekend, going into, into next week, will be the uh, the U.S. Track and Field uh, Olympic Trials. Um, you know, if you're if you're looking, really, I think the Ben Blankenship, former Gopher distance runner, is competing in the 1,500 meters. Uh, Absa Ali, uh, former NCAA champion in the 3,000-meter steeplechase, will be competing for a spot on the U.S. team. Uh, both of them will have to have some significant uh, you know, great races to, to, qualify. So, um, and then there'll be a few other international athletes. Uh, Kiera Smith, who was a former Gopher swimmer, uh, she competed for Canada in the 2016 Olympics. Um, she is going to look to qualify. I believe it's this upcoming week in the Canadian trial. So she may, she may represent Canada in the Olympics. Uh, the Gophers have another, uh, swimmer, um, who potentially might squeeze onto the Israeli Olympic team in swimming. Um, but yeah, for for the U.S. team, um, you know, obviously the basketball, Joey King and the U.S. three on three team didn't didn't qualify for the Olympics. They sort of uh, flamed out. So uh, it's unfortunately a little bit of slim, slim pickings for uh, for former Gophers, current Gophers, um, you know. However, it's not long until things start really revving up for 2022 Winter Olympics, and, and that obviously becomes, uh, with Minnesota's traditional winter sport hotbed, more of a more of a chance where we'll see a lot more athletes coming up. But uh, hopefully, we can get somebody other than Gable to uh, be able to cheer for here this summer.
0: Speaking of winter, uh, some hockey news um, coming out uh, unexpectedly this week: Augustana. Uh, down in South Dakota, it has announced they are launching a Division One hockey team. Andy, what? Where are they even going to end up, conference-wise? That's a very good question. Um...
1: And, and that's sort of the, the problem of starting it. I mean, arguably, they probably would be a good fit for the what now is no longer the WCHA, but the new CCHA that Don Lucia will be the commissioner of that will start up this fall, which basically was the teams that were in the old WCHA, the, the, the modern old WCHA, not the old old WCHA, but it's basically half of the old CCHA teams, um, Mankato um, and Bemidji and would be probably a, a pretty good fit. St. Thomas will be in that league starting next year, um, but St. Thomas is the eighth team in that league. So all of a sudden now, if you want to add Augustana, you start screwing up scheduling things like that. So then you wonder, okay, can they find a tenth? Um, you know, but that's down the line. Uh, you know, either way, I think Augustana will look to launch, but they probably won't realistically be be you know playing Division One competition till. You know, I would have to guess at this point 2024, 2025. Um, they are currently a Division two school. They play in the NSIC conference with UMD and St. Cloud and and a lot of those other schools in the upper Midwest. Um, uh, they don't have a hockey team at all right now. So they would literally be adding one from scratch. It's not like St. Thomas, who's, who's moving from D3 to D1. Augustana doesn't have a program at all, um, but it looks like they're going to you know, most of the most of the new programs that have come online have had financial baker, bankers. Obviously, Penn State had the, had the Pegulas. Um, it's sounding like it's our, our good old pal T. Denny Sanford, who's uh, you know all over Sioux Falls. Um, looking like he's going to pony up a good chunk of change to help jumpstart the Augustana program, so he
0: uh, he does like to have his name on South Dakota things. Uh, he
1: pretty much anything in the city of Sioux Falls has his name on it, and now and now Augustana's hockey program will as well. Um, it sounds like they're they the school put out a statement today saying they'll have more information coming up here later this summer. Um, like I said, I can't imagine they're you know more they're at least probably two three four years away. Um, but you know it it's it's another uh it's another upper Midwest hockey school. Um, that'll be nice. Um just for, you know, obviously there's still plenty of upper Midwest athletes who could play Division One hockey and and uh or the other way to go in is, is they become you know, right now their Athletic Director is a North Dakota alum and and they start they start hitting the Canadian pipeline and, and, and turn themselves into a turn themselves into a mini North Dakota. So um you know it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that works out, but uh, you know more more hockey programs are good. It's 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 a good thing to to get as many potential Division One hockey programs, especially in the Upper Midwest, as possible. Uh, more opportunities for athletes, and you know with Robert Morris ending their program, obviously they're not going for the same recruiting pool, pretty much. But you know uh, it's nice to see a couple more programs uh, joining the ranks and. And yeah, at at,
0: at, a, at a time that that sport is contracting more generally in terms of teams, it is nice to see, um, see one launched. Well, and, sure.
1: and 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 it's always the you know we're still waiting to see obviously the 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 Big 10 is still sitting <laughs> at their seven teams now Augustana Illinois. Not
0: gonna,
1: well, uh, that's the thing. Augustana's obviously not going to join the Big 10. That's not happening. But but there's still the uncertainty of what Arizona State's going to do and if they're ever going to earn a bid to a major conference. And, and you you know, yeah, we're still waiting to see if if this Illinois thing is ever actually going to happen or you know, so but but like I said, you know, the 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 turn of uh, these programs potentially adding hockey and hopefully uh, coming out of COVID here and, and getting back to their money making ways and hopefully being able to uh, to use that to to add additional programs and things like that it would be would be good. So,
0: all right, miscellaneous time. How we're spending summer? Uh, I, you know, Andy was forced to go it alone. He was forced to go it alone on the last podcast because I disappeared into the wilds of uh, Utah. Um, And several other states along the way and on the way home. But I would strongly recommend if you have never visited uh, the big five national parks in Utah, you go ahead and uh, get that done. Um, uh, One thing I can tell you, if you have not been paying attention, the national parks are packed, packed this year. Everybody is ready to be done with COVID um, restrictions and spending time inside. And it like when we were at Arches National Park, they were closing uh, for four or five hours during the middle of the day. It sounds like now they're starting to close at 9 a.m. for four to five hours at least um, because they have too many people getting into the park to start the day. And they just can't. There's no parking or anything else. So they just have to say, hey, sorry, if you're not in the park yet, you're going to have to wait. So uh, if you're getting out there um I'm sure, you know, even within the state of Minnesota wouldn't shock me if the state parks are just getting slammed this year. Uh, so go enjoy your outdoors, but if you haven't planned ahead, start planning ahead now, I think, uh, because it sounds like everybody wants, wants a piece of nature, uh, right now. That's, that's been my big thing. I've, I'm mostly just trying to get used to the fact that, you know, it's, we can all spend a lot of time around each other and in person and, uh, you know, wandering into restaurants, uh, no longer having to be masked sometimes. Um, you know, obviously that feels pretty good since I've been vaccinated. Um, it's just, I, I just, I'm glad to, to get more communal and spend more time with people. I, I, Andy, is that kind of how you've walked your way into the, into the summer as well?
1: Yeah, you know, pretty much it, it's, it's, you know, nice to be, been out and things like that, you know, obviously with, uh, two younger kids we haven't been able to go cross country or anything like that but wait wait wait
0: you're telling me you're telling me you don't want to drag your kids on a trip that requires 30 hours of driving just to get to your first destination
1: yeah you know that that's definitely a a kidless person thing so more power to you or at least the kids when they can you know uh do things for themselves (laughs) thing so we'll 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 talk about that trip here in, in five or six years but um you know, it, it it yeah. We've been just trying to get out more locally and things like that, and, and, and obviously for anybody who's not from Minnesota, it's been stupid hot here to, to start June, um, which has made things both uh, easier and more complicated, depending upon what you want to do when you're outside. Um, but um, yeah, you know, it, it's it's been a good start to summer. It's nice to it's nice to see things starting to get back to normal, and it uh, you know, like I said, it, it'll be it'll be you know really nice to be able to, to start actively thinking about about filling TCF Bank Stadium and about planning road trips and about being able to you know start looking to, to what fun things you can do and things like that so um, you know obviously summer is just really getting kicked on underway we're only in mid-june but uh, and, and, and and in Minnesota it's probably not a wise idea to be already looking at, at mid-june to Hope, hopefully, optimistically looking towards fall, but uh, but in either case, no, it's it's been it's been a, a good summer so far, and uh, you know the Olympics coming up here in about a month will be something that you know whether we're paying attention to gophers or not, something else to watch. And, um, so yeah, it's it's uh, you know it, it's, it's biding our time until we can start obsessing about football again.
0: Have you uh come across a summer beer that you're just loving right now um you know honestly just because it's been so hot I've been going for
1: the for the easy to drink one so uh the one i've been I've been crushing pretty good has been uh been Crankened foamers, uh, the lime version from Fair State, and, and actually they uh, they originally did it as a collaborative with Modern Times uh, Brewery as well. But uh, but they've been putting it out. It's 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 basically a um, craftish version of of just your typical American adjunct lager with lime flavor. But basically, consider it a, a a beer snob's Bud Light lime.
0: <laughs> well, actually, that's been kind of, uh, there's three different uh, breweries in Cincinnati that have all put out really great lagers. Uh, One of them, uh, Braxton Brewing, has had their garage beer lager forever, and it's always been really good. But two of the other breweries have really just kind of come out and heavily marketed their new lagers uh, in the last... Maybe they had them last summer. I don't, but I don't remember the push being this heavy on them. And all three of them are fantastic. And that's been the same for me with it being really hot and humid down here. Uh, uh, just a really tasty lager, you know, is frankly <laughs> the way the way to go. I think more often than not. If it's not that, then I'm hitting up some sort of um, radler or fruit fruit related uh, beer. There's a tangerine one uh, from Taft Brewing in Cincinnati. I got to get my hands on. Um, I will say, speaking of heat, uh, that old joke about, well, it's a dry heat. I Maybe when it's 125 in Arizona, it'll suck. But I'll tell you right now, I'll take 95 in Arizona or Utah over 95 in Cincinnati any day of the week. It's just not having to deal with the humidity is so much better. It's a million percent better.
1: Yeah, no, that's something we, we can't really talk about up here because it's it's
0: is it already humid for you guys
1: up there oh yeah the, the, it's been it's been a it's been a not nice start to june the air conditioner uh. has been running pretty much nonstop. so um but yeah, I no, thought I, it was.
0: I thought it was just hot. I didn't realize you guys were also getting crushed with humidity, since that's you know not normally the Minnesota way. It's usually into July before. Well, and, to, to and I mean, yeah, admittedly, it hasn't been like
1: full on humid because we haven't been getting the thunderstorms because we haven't been getting any rain, which is the other thing is, is Minnesota is starting to deal with some some rather significant drought issues. So for any of our uh, any of our listeners who might uh, might be farmers. Uh, yeah, hopefully we get some rain here to, to help you out because I'm sure things aren't aren't going to be great there. But uh, you know, it it's it it definitely feels like summer. That's for sure.
0: All right. Well, boo, summer weather. Let's all just move to Utah. That's oh, also there's no reason to live in Utah. Visit Utah, but it's beautiful. I don't. It's too dusty, man. <laughs> Way too dusty for me. I it's, it gets everywhere. I can't stand that. Uh. But we'll have to see. In the meantime, if uh, any new recruits come across Olympic trials, we'll we'll have some more stuff to talk about here uh, in the near future. So look out for the next SkyU podcast. My guess is probably about two weeks. Uh, and in the meantime, go Gophers! SkyU ma, row the boat. <laughs> Boog!